0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. If you can put Romans chapter 6 on the screen, or you can get it on your uh, phones to follow with us. This will be very helpful. St. Paul in Romans chapter 5, he concluded by saying that the law, the law in the Old Testament entered that the offense might abound. What does it mean that the law entered that the offense might abound? The offense already existed. Like, let me tell you, if a person has cancer and this cancer actually has metastasis in all his body, but he doesn't know, then he started to do X-ray and some investigations and he discovered all of a sudden that his body is full of tumours everywhere. So is it the X-ray or the CT scan that actually brought all these tumours to this person or all these tumours was revealed by this x-ray or CAT scan, just they are revealed. So the the law actually revealed the offenses that's in us. So there were many offenses in the world. People were lying, people were cursing, people were living in sexual immorality. And they didn't know that this was wrong. But when the law came and the law told them, don't lie, don't curse, don't commit sexual immorality, then these offenses became many. Not because they did not exist before, but the law revealed them. Do you understand this? That's what he said. The law entered that the offense may abound. But where sin abounded grace abounded much more so because there are many offenses now that were exposed by the law of Moses so the grace of God abounded also in order to remove and abolish and to forgive all these offenses so the more offenses abound the more the grace of God abound right? Then in Romans chapter 6, maybe some people would say, since the grace is abounding, when the offenses are abounding, then maybe let us continue and sin that grace may abound. Some people may use this logic. That's why he started in verse 1 saying, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin, that grace may abound? That grace may abound? Because as he said in chapter 5, when sin abounds, grace abounds. So some people will lose twisted logic. Let us remain in sin, so grace may abound. But St. Paul responded to this twisted logic very firmly. In verse 2, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Many people say, we who died to sin, how and when we died to sin? And St. Paul actually is answering with healthy logic, not twisted logic. He said, all of us, we died to sin. How, after we die to sin, we live in it? So, if somebody starts to question, When did we die to sin? He answers in verse 3 Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus? were baptized into his death. Oh, then in baptism, I actually baptized into his death. What does it mean to baptize into his death? means actually to participate actually in the death of Christ. Let's understand the death of Christ. Christ actually carried all our sins in his body. As St. Paul said, he became sin. Christ became sin. St. Paul said so. So, after he carried all our sins in his body, the wages of sin is death. So he accepted death unto him and he died. And thus he fulfilled the wages of sin. So, if we participated in the death of Christ, then also we died to sin. Sin has no power over us. We died to sin means what? If I, as a person, I am tempted by certain foods, If I die and then you bring this food in front of me, I am dead to this food. So this food cannot tempt me anymore because I am dead to this food. I am dead. In the same way, dying to sin means sin lost its power to tempt me. So in baptism, it is participation, real participation in the death of Christ. Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's why we are baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We baptize in the name of Jesus. So death has no power, sin has no power over us, cannot tempt me. And he explained more in verse 4. Baptism is not only participation in his death. Because if we participate in the death of Christ only, so what? Then we are under sentence of death. But he said in verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. We are not only died, to sin, but also we were buried, buried. That's why we baptize by total immersion in the water. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also should walk in newness of life. So when we participate in his death, And in his burial, we participate also in what? In his resurrection. Because Christ did not die forever. He was dead for three days. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. In the same way, we die, but in baptism. And we are buried with him, but also we are raised with him. He was risen in glory. And our bodies will receive this glory in the second coming of Christ. And he rose to give us new life. That's why he said, so we also should walk in newness of life. What is the most characteristic thing of this new life? Since we are celebrating the resurrection these days. This new life, this new life, a very important characteristic that sin has no power over us. Sin cannot tempt us. You tell me, but all of us we sin because by our free will we allow sin to have power over us. But because we participated in the death of Christ his burial, and his resurrection, then in this new life, death has no power over, sorry, sin has no power over us. Sin cannot tempt us. And St. Paul in verse 5, he confirmed, if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, likeness means in the baptism, which is, like his death. Certainly, certainly, for sure, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Then, each one of us, if I ask you, Did you participate in the resurrection of Christ? Did you live the resurrection of Christ? Is Christ your resurrection indeed? All of us we should answer, Yes, he is our resurrection because all of us. We were baptized then why we still commit sin as I told you quickly because of our free will. but Saint Paul elaborates more in verse 6 he said knowing this that our old man was crucified with him our old man this man that was born from our parents that's the old man that was born with the original sin that was born with the corrupted nature this person was crucified with christ we participate in his crucifixion in his death in his burial in his resurrection Was crucified with him. That the body of sin. Might be done away with. Body of sin. That is the old man. Might be done away with. What does this mean? Means. No longer have power over us. As I told you. Sin has no power over you. You should know this. Don't tell me. I cannot overcome sin. No, you can through Christ because you participated in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. So you have the power to overcome sin that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Before Christ in the Old Covenant, people were born in sin. They were born in the kingdom of darkness. They were born and they are slaves to sin. They were born and sin has power over them. That's why all of them, when they died, they went to Hades until Christ moved them to the paradise of joy. But we who believed in Christ and were baptized with Christ, as, as we read in verse 7, for he who has died has been freed from sin. You are free from sin. You are free from the power of sin. Sin cannot tempt you anymore. Don't be deceived. Sin cannot tempt you anymore unless you give sin power power over, over you. That's why we address the people who are baptized in white, Meaning, they are free from sin. But they are free not by their own righteousness, but by the blood of Christ. That's why we put this red ribbon on them. And the red ribbon, by the way, according to the rites of baptism, should be uh, done like a cross. So, why like a cross? To say, through the blood of Jesus, that he he shed on the cross. This person now is free from sin. And verse 8, Now if we died with Christ in baptism, we believe that we shall also live with him. So if we died with Christ, we will live with him. Because Christ, after his death, he rose from the dead. And as I told you, we don't participate only in his death, but we participate in his death and in his resurrection. Then he brought a very important point to us in verse 9. Christ, after he rose from the dead, did he die again? No, he did not die again. Death no longer has dominion over Christ. Knowing that Christ have been raised from death, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. In the same way, in the same way, in second coming of Christ, when we are risen, this has no power over us. This will be abolished completely. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that, uh, <clears throat> that last enemy will be defeated is death. 1 Corinthians 15. When death will be defeated completely, when all of us, we are risen, then death is defeated completely. So, this no longer has dominion over Christ. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. How many times Jesus died? Only one time. Only one time. He died to sin once for all. That's why baptism is only once you cannot repeat baptism many people ask why i don't repeat baptism but i repeat communion is the effect of the body and uh, blood of jesus christ is short term only can help me for one day and then the following day i need to take communion again why i don't repeat Baptism But we repeat communion Baptism Is participation in the Death of Christ And since Christ died once Then we cannot Repeat baptism But why do we repeat Communion Because after We are baptized We commit sins Not because Sin has power over us but because we allow sin to have power over us, over me. I allow sin to have power over me. You can say to sin, no, through the power of Jesus Christ. But we allow sin. And God knows this will happen, that we will allow sin to have power over me again. And if I allow sin to have power over me again, then I am under sentence of death. Then, what should I do? What should I do now? I am under sentence of death. For example, this morning, most of us, if not all of us, we took communion. If we committed any sin after we took communion, then actually we became under the power of sin. And the witches of sin is death. Right? So, how can now I became under sentence of death? I need to repent. And with repentance, you know, I say to the Lord Jesus Christ, I am I have sinned, I am asking forgiveness, and I, I feel in this sin either because of my weakness or because I allowed the sin to have power over me and I ask for forgiveness then I take communion again why I take communion again because this communion will be given for salvation, remission of sins and eternal life so I need to take communion again to abolish the power of death but That's why we can repeat communion, but we cannot repeat baptism. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So, Jesus lives forever to God. And this life, he granting us through communion. If we lost it after baptism, he granted to us in communion, given for us for salvation, remission of sins, and eternal life to live eternally with God. After Saint Paul explained this theological foundation, usually Saint Paul put a theological foundation. Then he gave us application, practical application based on this uh, theological foundation. Then. Now you died to sin, all of us. That's why in verse 11 he said, Likewise you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So every day, every moment, say I am dead to sin. How can I live in it anymore? I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. I am alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, in Christ Jesus, because I am united with him, I am alive to God. So, can you, St. Paul, explain to me more? What do you mean by reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin? What do you mean by reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin? He said, I will explain it. Verse 12, Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Some people, when they come into in confession, they say, Abuna, I don't do any sin except these normal sins that everybody commits, like lying, cursing, swearing. My problem with this sentence, number one, normal sin. (laughs) If you normalize sin and you make sin normal to your life, this means you allow sin to reign in your mortal body. And he said, mortal body, once the sin reigns in your body, you will become mortal. So the immortality that you received in baptism and Eucharist is gone. If you allow cursing, swearing, lying, anger, sexual immorality, any sin to reign in you. Reign means it becomes a habit in your life. Then you become mortal again. Because you obey it in its last Sin tells you, get angry, I get angry. Sin tells you, fulfill the bad habit of lust, I fulfill it. Sin tells me, lie, I will lie. So I'm obeying it. And I'm a slave to whoever obey. Whomever I obey, I'm a slave to him. Don't let sin reign. Whatever... What about if I am already allowed sin to to reign in me? Yes, don't lose hope. Christ died to give you the power to die to sin and to be risen with Christ. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. And you will be able to defeat the power of sin. Yes, it may take some time, but don't give up. Confess it and repent and fight the good fight until the shed of blood, as Paul said in Hebrews, you did not fight till shedding of blood against sin. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Those who go to nightclubs, those who smoke, those who uh, drink alcohol, those who use drugs, those who live in sexual immorality all these things they let sin reign in their body another application now he is explaining what he meant by you reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin number one don't let sin reign uh, in your mortal body number two don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness To sin. Your eye should not see bad things. Your ear should not listen to bad music or bad songs. Your tongue should not say by words. Your hand, your body, your thought, your mind, your heart. Don't present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But as people risen with Christ, risen with Christ, then present yourself to God as being alive from death. Alive from death means I am not living in sin anymore. And my members, my organs, an instrument of righteousness to God. My heart, you know, in Kaf we say, my heart and my tongue praise the Trinity. Yes, let your mind, your heart, your tongue, your eyes, your ears, Your hands, your leg Every organ in you To be an instrument of righteousness to God Why? For sin shall not have dominion over you As I told you Sin has no power over you You die to sin in baptism It is a reality It is a fact Sin has no dominion over you Because you are not under the law but under grace What this means As I told you in the beginning of the sermon Law is like x-ray, CT scan That exposed the illness But did not treat it When you do x-ray X-ray will tell you you have tumor in this area You have a stone here but doesn't it treat it? That is the law. So the Old Testament, the law exposed my illness, my spiritual illness, but did not treat it. In the new covenant, besides the law, we have the grace. The law was given by Moses. This X-ray that exposed my sin was given by Moses. But grace and truth by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to heal. To treat me. That is the grace. That is the work of the grace. That's why he died. He was buried and he rose. That is the grace of God. That's why St. Paul said, "You sin has no dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Because you are not under the law. Under the law, sin will be exposed. Nothing more. Law cannot help you. To overcome sin. But in the new covenant, you are under the grace. Beside exposing sin, then the grace will heal, will treat you complete, will give you the power not to let sin have power over you or even power to tempt you. But again, somebody again, that twisted logic, twisted logic. So somebody will say to St. Paul, okay, I'm under grace. So since I'm under grace, let me sin, and I know the treatment. I know the medicine. I will go, repent, confess, take, take communion. Now I am righteous again. That's why he said in verse 15, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Like for example, you discovered uh, treatment for certain illness. Now they discovered like antiviral for COVID. So you say, I will go expose myself to COVID. Nothing wrong because now there is treatment. Now I'm under grace, there is treatment. Let me sin, and the grace will remove this sin. But again, St. Paul answered in an assertive way, certainly not, certainly not. Why not? Can you imagine there is illness, and I have treatment for it? So why not? I will fall in sin, and then I repent, confess, take communion. My sins are forgiven. Listen to verse 16, because it is very important. St. Paul told us, Don't you know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? So if you choose to sin by your own will, and you repeat this over and over and over, even with going and confessing and taking communion, but you are now became slave to sin. Why? Because you obey it, willingly you obey it. You are not falling out of weakness, but intentionally with your own will, you obey the sin, taking advantage of the grace of God. So he said, don't you know that to whom you shall, you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey. If you are obeying sin, then you are slaves to sin, leads to death. If you are obeying righteousness, the commandment of God, then with this obedience, you are children of God. That's what he said in verse 16. Don't you know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves? whom you obey, whether of sin, leading to death, or of obedience, obedience to God, leading to righteousness. Then he said, but God be thanked, that though you were slaves of sin, he was speaking here to adult people who were pagan, they were not believers, but they accepted Jesus Christ and they believed. So he told them Before your faith And before you believed And you were baptized You were slaves of sin And you lived this life And you know it is not fun Maybe it gives you A taste of pleasure But at the end It is unhappiness It is misery You were slaves of sin Yet you obeyed From the heart That form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You obeyed the doctrine, the true dogma, the true doctrine, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became man. He was crucified, he died, he was buried, he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven. You obeyed this doctrine we delivered this doctrine to you and you obeyed it. And as a result of this obedience, having been set free from sin, you became a slave of righteousness. Because if you obey sin, you are a slave to sin. Leads to death. If you obey God, you are slaves of righteousness to do what's right, leading to eternal life. So, St. Paul refuted very, very logically why I should, not say, I should not say I will continue in sin and I take communion and uh, confess my sins and I'll be forgiven because I'm under grace. He said, no. The more you obey sin willingly, the more you become a slave to sin, lead to death. But with baptism and with Eucharist, you have been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak of in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. Just as you presented your members as a slave of uncleanness and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as a slave of righteousness for holiness. So he said before, you actually offered yourself as a, <clears throat> and your members as slaves to sin. And you lived in this life. Now you believed in Christ. Now it is time actually to offer your body to be slaves of righteousness leading to holiness. Uh, what did he mean when uh, he said uh, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh in verse 18 he said you became slaves of righteousness so maybe somebody will say so also God wants to enslave us so what is the difference between God and Satan Satan wants to enslave us and uh, God wants to enslave us so St. Paul is saying definitely when we serve God and we believe in him this is not slavery this is not slavery but he is using this human term, slaves of righteousness, that's a human term. Because of the weakness of your flesh, because you are a spiritually beginner, you are beginner in your spirituality. So I'm using these terms to understand. But those who are obeying righteousness are not slaves. God, he told us, I don't want to call you slaves, but children and friends. God called us to be children, his own children, and he gave us inheritance. So when he said, I speak in human term, using the word slaves of righteousness, that's a human term. And he is using, if you perceive, if you perceive that it is slavery, you are slaves of righteousness. And I'm using this term because of the weakness of your flesh, meaning you you are still carnal, you are still babes in Christ, you are still beginners, as he said in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 3, you are babes in Christ, you are carnal. So as if St. Paul told you, if there is a wicked king, a very wicked king, and a very, very kind king, to whom you should choose to be a slave to this wicked king or to the kind king. But in reality, this slavery to this kind king is not a slavery at all because he called us to be children. He called us to be uh, friends, not slaves. So he said in verse 19, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as a slave of righteousness for holiness. When you were slaves of unrighteousness and lawlessness, this lead to what? Led to what? Led to more lawlessness. Lawlessness means you are not with a law, you are without law. Lawless. There is no law uh, controlling your life. Can you imagine if the traffic, there is no law for it? Can you imagine how many accidents will happen? So the people who live without law, they destroy their life and the life of people around them. But when we choose to be slaves of righteousness, this leads to be holy. Become holy as your heavenly father is holy. Verse 20, he said you cannot have dual life. You cannot have dual life. You cannot be slaves of sin and slaves of righteousness. So, when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. In the same way, when you are slaves to righteousness, you are free from sin. You cannot have both. That's duality. You cannot have dual life a slave of sin and a slave of righteousness so he told them do you remember when you were slaves of sin what fruits do you have in your life like for example see people around you who live in sexual immorality and now the fruit sexually transmitted disease people who live in, in drug abuse the root is death and failure in the academic life In social life, everything People Who slave to wrath Or anger They don't have good relationship That's the fruit So he told them What fruit did you have Then in the things Which you are now ashamed After they repented And after they believed in Jesus Christ As they were baptized And took Eucharist He told them, now you are ashamed of these fruits that you had before for the end of those things is death, physically and eternally, again physically and eternally. Those who catch sexually transmitted diseases like AIDS, they can die physically. And eternally, if they did not repent, they will die also eternally. That is the fruit. That is the end of those things. But now, you believed in Christ. You were baptized. You were chrismated. You took communion. You repented. Now, having been set free from sin, because you died in baptism, and having become slaves to God, of course, I explained slaves of God speaking in human terms. Set free from sin and have become slaves of God. What fruit do you have? You have your fruit to holiness. Here on, on earth, you are a holy person. And in end, everlasting life. The fruit that we bear right now as the children of God, we have love, joy peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you imagine if a person living among us has all these fruits in his life? He will be an angel, an, an earthly angel living with us here. Angel from heaven living with us here on earth. A holy man. And at the end on earth he is a holy man, angel. And at the end, everlasting life. So he concluded this chapter by saying, I want to remind you, the wages of sin is death. So if you obey sin, that is the end of it is death. But the gift, the grace, the free gift of God is eternal life to those who believe in Jesus Christ, to those who are baptized with him, to those who are united with him in Eucharist. The gift of life of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I chose this chapter because it's about resurrection. That is how we live resurrection. Resurrection is not just a feast. A anesti, a anesti, and that's it. Resurrection is not just we commemorate event happened 2,000 years. Resurrection is we our reason was Christ. We participated in his death and his resurrection. If you still present your members as an instrument of unrighteousness to lawlessness, you did not celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Your celebration of Christ is in vain. But if you are free from sin, if you are overcoming sin, If you are fighting sin and if you are dead to sin with Christ because you were baptized into his death and he who died is free from sin and now you don't let sin have dominion in your body but rather you present your members as an instrument of righteousness in Jesus Christ that is the resurrection. That's a Christosanistia, have power in your life. A Christosanistia and a listosanistia, not just words, we greet one another, but it is life. Now you know you have two choices, only two choices. There is no asserted choice. Either to present your members as an instrument of sin, to lawlessness that leads to more lawlessness and to let sin have dominion over you or to present your members as an instrument of righteousness to God that leads to eternal life. That is the resurrection. That's your choice. Think today, you received already the power. You received it in the day of your baptism Are you living up to this power or not? That's your choice. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.